All right, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Thick and Thin Podcast. As always, it's me, Anthony Cardoza. Today, we're going to do a recovery episode, guys, with none other than one of my childhood best friends. He's one of my road dogs. Please welcome Andrew V. Yeah, Woo! what's going on? I Thank should say Valenzuela, my bad. Momo, Momo. Everyone's calling me Andrew V. Uh, so what's cracking, brother? Nothing much, just chilling, you know. I think the last time I was here, you were having a party here. And I pulled up in that car yeah, with that girl. And the cops were right behind you. Yeah, and I, I jumped off the car, and I was just like, okay, you drive her. And they pulled her over, and she got busted. So that was kind of crazy. I'm glad I got out the car, though. And then my aunt was there, and you're like, can you come get my bag? Yeah. <laughs> and then you like came in, hung out for a little bit, and just fell asleep in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what was going on. I was like, <laughs> I was messed up. Hey, weren't we all? Um, yeah. But you're, you're sober now. Yeah, I am. So, so I... I got like maybe a, a little bit over a year now, a year and two months, and it's crazy, man, because uh, I never thought I was going to get sober. I never thought I was going to get clean. I never really wanted to get clean, but I never really thought I had a problem. You know, um, growing up, we were always like hanging out, doing stuff. I remember like we would have parties and stuff and drinking. It was never really a problem, but... I think once I started like getting into the crystal and stuff, it's just like that. That's when uh, things really started getting bad, because you know we would drink and smoke a little weed, but then then it started getting crazy once I got into the heavier drugs. And it all happened because I remember freshman year we were doing the Hell Week thing. Remember the Hell Week thing for football? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they told me, I remember like after the Hell Week or something, or before the Hell Week or mid Hell Week. They told me, like, my eighth grade grades were all horrible. So I was going to be benched the first quarter of uh, the year. So I wasn't going to be able to play the first quarter. And I was just like, oh, fuck this football team. I'm going to smoke meth in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, fuck this football team. And I quit. And then my, I, I, that's, that's, I really feel like that was like a pivotal moment in my life where my life just went like to the left. Yeah, I think so too. I I remember, um. I'm not too sure what happened with me. Something similar happened to me where I was in some kind of shit and uh, I was like, well, fuck this. I'm not going to do it then. So I stopped doing football. And I remember it was like me, you, and I think maybe Buff, Ryan, somebody else. We're like, well, fuck it then. And we kind of started doing bad shit. Yeah. But I wasn't fully, (laughs) I I didn't dive into it like that. But I remember um, like Brett was still on the team and like our group kind of got split up. And we were kind of getting like, well, fuck this. Because I don't know. I guess it was the going into high school. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And it all kind of started, I don't want to put anyone on blast, but, you know, I was dating Celia back in the day. Uh-huh. And I remember she was like a bad girl back then. Like, when we were in junior high school, mm-hmm. it was kind of like her and, and Jessica would ditch, and they would always be like, they'd go have ditching parties and hang out with, like, oh, Carlos. Muchacha malas. Yeah, right there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and go be going doing all the bad girl stuff, and... Like, I remember one time Jessica asked me, like, do you smoke bud? And I was, we were, like, in seventh grade, and I was just like, yeah, I smoke bud. She's like, what kind of bud do you smoke? And I was just like, just bud. Like, I didn't know because I never smoked bud. I was just, like, trying to act like I smoked bud. Is it chronic? Yeah. <laughs> so I would just, like, be bullshitting, trying to be cool and stuff. But then I remember me and Anise would be going to the alley right there where my mom lived, and we would steal cigarettes, and we would go smoke in the alley, and we call it Flavor Country. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
that's when that, like that kind of just all started but it really progressed when i started hanging out with like Smokey and joker and when really when i quit the football team because i had like really nothing else to do yeah i think high school is very tribal in that aspect i think i found a lot of uh like everyone packs together no matter what you know and mine was with uh Obviously, like, kind of guys that were not really bad, but we were, like, trying to party kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or just get girls or whatever it was. And it's, like, obviously, I'm not the most handsome man. So, at the time, <laughs> you got to, you know, use that bad boy. You, know, you got to <laughs> use that bad boy thing to get in there. You know what I mean? So, that was sort of my route in or whatever, being brought to parties because I can get fucked up when I was a younger guy. I don't know. That was my thing. So, yeah, bro. We, I, I feel like all our lives, though, we were always very popular kids. Like, we had a good childhood. Like, even through the skating phases, like, we were always very popular. Like, our group was a very popular group. Well, I think we were so diverse. And, again, I'm not trying to fucking stroke our own dicks here, but we were always cool with everybody. Yeah. You know, nobody was an outcast or whatever. Like, we had guys that were fatter. I always used to call us the UN club because it was, like, a Lebanese guy, you know, black dude, white guy. Like, we had every kind of, like, race. We'd all hang out, play video games. We'd go see movies. Like, we'd do – we'd skate. We'd fucking – you know, peddle the drugs here and there, whatever it was. Like, you know, we would do, like, a lot of stuff, and we were pretty inclusive, but, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where, um, I don't know, yeah, I guess, yeah, so, somewhere along the, la- the the way, we just fucking went a little too hard. <laughs> yeah. So, I would say around eighth grade, going into high school, the football thing happened, I started saying, fuck that. Then, um, I started... I became like real close with Chino Steven mm-hmm. and I remember me and Chino Steven were always hanging out and then um, I remember like we would still hang out a lot. I would come to your house and like you know we would hang out and ha- we would party and stuff and I always known your brother and I remember the whole when that whole T-side beef shit started was because of Chino Steven like my belief why it started is because fucking Chino Steven was like you know he would always he he was predominantly speak spanish speaking like he was a mexican on the inside but he looked asian on the outside and like i remember like me and him were best friends and it, it was like he was going through some identity crisis and i remember being at being at arcadia high school and like walking across the quad with him and then like the t-siders would come up to him and they would be like where you from homie and they'd be banging on him and shit and they would look at me and they'd be like, oh, we're not worried about you. We're only talking to this fool. And then after, like, they would pretty much belittle him in front of, like, the freaking whole high school. They would walk off and he'd be like, why the fuck do they only pick on me? Like, I hate this Asian skin. I hate these, this Asian look. And, I like, you know, I didn't know what to do. But I remember he would start writing, like, oh, fuck T-Side, Independencia 13, Chicali 13. And he started writing all this shit in the bathroom walls. And then these T-Sider dudes would be like, what the fuck, who's writing all this shit? And I remember they were going up to everyone in the school. They went up to, like, Mike and all them, and then they went up to Thomas and all them. Then they went up to us, and they were like, who's writing all this shit? And then they finally came up to Steven one day, and they asked him, like, yo, who's writing all this shit? And I guess he had told them, like, they asked him, like, was that your homie that was writing that shit? And he told him, like, yeah, it was. And I was like, what? oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And I didn't know about it. And then Louis Bernardi was the one who came up to me and told me. He's like, yo, Andrew, have you talked to Steven? I'm like, no, why? He's like, Steven told the fools from Teesside that you're the one who's writing all that shit in the restroom. And I was just like, no way. And he was just like, yeah. And they're going to come fucking, they're going to come get you. And I was just like, what the fuck? So then we, ran, we wound up running into Steven. 
And then Lewis was like, hey, Steven, do you have something to tell Andrew? And Steven's like, what? No. And then Lewis is like, yeah, you do. Tell him. And then Steven tried to play dumb. And Lewis is like, tell him what you told the T-side guys. And then Steven was just like, all right, I told him you wrote that shit. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't know what to do. I was scared. If you don't want to be my friend anymore, fine. But you know what? I was scared and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, Steven was my friend, and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, that's kind of <laughs> fucked up, but I'm not going to stop being your friend. It's weird, too, because at the time, you're almost like we're, we're coming into our teens, and, you know, we're technically coming close to adulthoods. Our balls are all full of semen, and yeah. we're all fucking crazed. Like, you're almost looking for shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Right? They're like, well, fuck it then. <laughs> and, dude, I remember, remember, do you know Andrew Zito? Remember that kid, Andrew Zito? Andrew, no, I don't. Dude, he was like in T-Side, but I remember before T-Side when we were at First Avenue, mm-hmm. we he was a year older than us, and I remember 7th grade, he was in 8th grade. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but you know how my mom lived in the little alley right there? Mm-hmm. And right across from the alley, there was a little like card shop where you could buy like cards, and, and they had like two video game machines right there. And I would go, and the, Andrew Zito was still a fob at this time, like with his little rolly backpack and his fucking uh, banana sandals and shit. And I would go give him quarters to fucking show me how to play that Marvel vs. Capcom game. And, like, every uh, I day... I remember that. Every yeah. day we would be in that little arcade and I'd give him a quarter and he'd show me how to play that game. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to high school, he was just, like, totally banged out the game. And I was just like, what the fuck? Is this the same guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember after that shit happened with the T-Side Fools, like, they, I remember they all came up to me with, like, half the school. And, um... Like, I was dressed like, you know, I, I was, like, trying to figure out who I was at that time, too. So, I was kind of dressed like a cholo. I was hanging out with Steven, who always dressed all banged out. And, like, these T-Side guys came up, and they're like, oh, so you're writing this shit in the restroom. You're saying, fuck T-Side. Well, this is T-Side. Like, and I remember they are just like, did we say you could wear your shoes like that? And, like, they pulled my laces out. And I remember looking over at Steven while this is going on, and, like, we, we make eye contact and he just looks away and I'm just like thinking like what this motherfucker. I know. You're a bitch. <laughs> I was like this motherfucker. But I just took it. You know what I mean? I remember telling that. And it was that Andrew Zito dude too who did it to me. And I was like so pissed off because I'm like this motherfucker. Hey, like, you're a mega man, dog. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember telling him like, yo, if you fools are going to jump me, then jump me. But if not, like I'll, I'll fade up with any one of you guys. But if you're going to jump me, then jump me. And he's like, nah, we're going to catch you. We're going to catch you when we're not at school. We're going to catch you. And I was just like, all right, well, whatever. So they took off after making a big scene. And Jessica Padilla. Is, is her last name Padilla? Uh, Pedro. Pa- pa- yeah, Meatball. Meatball <laughs> Jessica. She came up to me and she was just like, yo, I like how you didn't step down to them. She's like, I'm going to tell my brother about you. And um, I guess she went and told Rascal. And then the very next day, Rascal and Weto were there like after school, like at the gate. And then after, after that, I started hanging out. Was with Smokey, Sm- Smokey and uh, and Dreamer, Dreamer. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember in the locker room, and this was ever before I got into VSL or anything. In the locker room, Smokey, I went up to him. He, he came up to me one day. He's like, "Where you from, dog?" And I'm like, "I'm from Virginia Street." And then he's like, "No, you're not. I'm from Virginia Street." I'm like, "No, you're not." I didn't even know he knew them. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was just like, "Yeah, me and my homie Dreamer got jumped in yesterday." So then I started hanging out. Yeah, with- nice to meet you. It's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so also to um. Smokey and Dreamer, they were kind of, I don't want to, okay, uh, yeah, let's not, we're good, we're not using their real names, but they weren't really, like, 
like bangers as much as they were like dope head bites us. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we didn't know that because we're younger. We're way younger than them. They have cars, you know. They yeah. have access to stuff. They're we should have known the red flags when they're dating girls in high school. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? but you don't you don't really see it all when you're younger. You just older cool guys, you know. Yeah, and Dream, I, Dreamer had some potential, but I guess it was just all a look because when it came down to it, like he he no, it didn't it didn't happen. Yeah, he kind of you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I started hanging out with Smokey a lot, and then fucking JP, fucking Joker, this fucking crackhead motherfucker, <laughs> compulsive liar thief. But, so we started hanging out, we would drink and party, and I remember the first time I did mess was at JP's, JP's pad, um, and his mom had said, like, hey, so-and-so was just here, and he just dropped a sack of meth, and there's a bunch on the floor, like... If you guys want it, you better get it. Are you talking about Ranker? Yeah, Ranker. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right, yeah, rank, sorry. Ranker. Sorry, guys. We're throwing we're a lot at you. We're better known that. We'll yeah. get our footing right now. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were at Ranker's pad, and his pad was like the pad to go do drugs and party at. Yeah, his mom was like kind of an addict, right? She used yeah, to do definitely. shit with you guys, buy yeah. you guys stuff, that kind of thing. Yeah, There's always sure. those parents out there, too. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely her. Little rinky-dink pad, but it was the cool spot to go and get loaded. Mm-hmm. But, um... I went over there one day with Smokey, and uh, we went, and his mom has, his mom was like, hey, so-and-so dropped a big old fat sack of dope on the floor. Like, if you want some, like, I'm sure there's some there. So they found a bunch. And then we go in the room, and then she tells him, like, you better not get him loaded. Like, talking about me, she's like, you better not get him high. And we're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I was, like, smoking dope off the foil. And then, like, she walks in, and she's just like, you motherfuckers. And there's she, but, like, you know. Show bad, Drew. Yeah. She's like, there's the dope. Don't get high. There's the dope. There's the dope. Don't get high. But you do get high. (laughs) And I remember, like, Selena came over. Remember Selena? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Selena had come over. And I remember I was just like, fuck. It was cool the first day and the second day I was dying. I hated myself. And then I but I just kept doing it. You just get accustomed to that feeling. Yeah. I just kept doing it. I just kept partying, and I feel like that's kind of really, and then, like, then that all that whole T-side shit went off, like, crazy, mm-hmm. and that's when shit started getting, like, really crazy, fools getting stabbed and shit, mm-hmm. and then, you know, this shit just got out of hand, That's and then I got into Virginia, and then shit just went wild for a while, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, too, it's like, that becomes your life, like, it was such an involved process, going through high school, and you know, you have a brotherhood. I think we all came from some type of broken home in some way. You know, yeah. obviously not uh, as crazy as maybe the movies portray, but we all have some fucking issues, and that's how we dealt with our issues. We bond together. We would hang out together. You know, you do drugs, and that becomes your whole world. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially me because, like, wh- I feel like with when, like when we were growing up, like when it was just us when we were younger, like we would party and shit and have fun, but it was like always like somewhat safe. Yeah. But I feel like I kind of really was trying to, like, impress the older guys. Mm-hmm. So I was really trying to get high and do drugs right. and do all this shit that, like, I really had no business doing because I was trying to, like, look cool or not look afraid or feel like I can hang. And it kind of took me off the deep end after a while. Well, that's the thing, too, is they, they a lot of times the older guys, you know, they uh, you know they put a lot of the shit on the little guys. They end up doing way more shit than the older guys. Yeah. <laughs> right? Without realizing it. Like, oh. And, and, you know, that's one thing I always loved about your brother. Because I remember when I was trying to do all this stuff, your brother was always just like, no, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Pump yeah. your brakes. And I was just like, no, I want to. I want to. And, like, he wasn't going to, like, 
make not make me. He was just like, you know, I don't recommend you do this. Like, don't do this. <laughs> Upon further uh, analogy of this, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. you should. <laughs> I remember when Clumsy had got out. <laughs> like, Clumsy was... That's when I started using a needle. Like, <laughs> Clumsy was fucking slamming. And your brother was just like, don't do it. Don't do it. He's like, I can't, like, tell you what to do, but don't do it. Yeah. And I was just like... And Clumsy was just like, here, here. Just let him do it. Just fucking let him do asshole. it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that was the first time I did it. Clumsy and your brother's just like, I'm not fucking taking any part of this. If you want to do it, I'm going upstairs. And we were at your grandma's house, and your brother went upstairs, and Clumsy's just like, he didn't even fucking, he just went boom, He's boom. all poking you. <laughs> I remember that bastard. He's lucky he didn't miss. He didn't miss, but he didn't even, like, register or nothing. He just stuck the needle in, and, like, I was just like, this motherfucker, like, ow. like Fucking scum. I know. And then shit just started getting crazy from there. It just, like, went to hotel rooms all the time, and just always doing drugs, always doing drugs. And we we started hanging out with some girl, Michelle, and she was doing fraud and doing all this shit for us. And she fucking fucked up everyone's head, too, for a while. And, you know, I feel like the drugs really is what pulled me away from, like, everything that I loved so much as a child. Drugs, like, kind of destroyed it or pulled me away from it. Mm-hmm. And and even, like, with the whole VSL thing, like, I loved that. Like, I, re- I really did love that. But drugs, like, kind of ruined it. Mm-hmm. Because it took everyone in different directions, made people start, like, tripping on each other mm-hmm. and, like, just doing shit that we shouldn't have done. And so then when Shauna, Shauna, you know, it it became drugs. It, be, it was fun, then it was fun with problems, and then it just became problems after a while. Mm-hmm. And it took a while to get there, but it got there. So then I remember, like, maybe in a, after high school, high school's over, and I... And by the time I got to my dad's, I remember my mom sent me to my dad's when I was still in high school. I forgot, like, my junior year, mm-hmm. my mom sent me over to Whittier because she realized I was in a gang. And, like, she would see, like, we were hanging out with Michelle and I was just fucking getting loaded at my mom's house. And that's when she moved out of that house on Haven because, mm-hmm. like, she didn't want me to fucking be there. So she got me a little spot in Monrovia. Or, no, she sent me to my dad's. And I went to my dad's and I was just fucking... I remember my dad's house. I thought my dad was like this hero that I always wanted to be like. I remember being a little kid telling my mom like, oh, I want to be with my dad. I want to go with my dad. And she'd take me to my dad's and my dad wouldn't be there. Like, it'd be just my grandma. And yeah, because we went a couple times like that for holidays and stuff like that. And he wasn't there. Yeah, he was never there. <laughs> we're going to see my dad. I'm like, I don't think I've met Andrew's dad yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like he just wouldn't show up. But, but you know, I would be at my grandma's and I always thought my dad was this hero which I had no idea who he was. And I remember one time I was at a restaurant. We were little kids, and it was me, my mom, my brother, and my mom's boyfriend at the time, who she was with for a long time. And I told her, like, I want to be just like my dad when I grow up. And she got so mad at me. She's like, no, you don't, Andrew. You don't know who your dad is. Don't ever say that again. Mm-hmm. And then when um in high school, when she sent me over there, I forget how old I was, maybe like 16. But I was already pretty much who I was going to be then. Like, I was already active in the drugs, in a gang. Like, just not really giving a fuck. And I went to my dad's, and I remember I was so happy that I was there. My first report card, my first report card, I remember I got, like, three Bs, two As, a C, and, like, my lowest grade was a C. And I was so happy, and my dad framed the card. But then, like, you know, I started realizing my dad's a fucking party animal. Like, my dad's in a relationship, and he's having all these girls come over when his fucking girl's not there. And, um... Like, my dad was just a fucking party animal. 
And then, like, my dad would, you know, get high. And my dad, I don't know, I don't think he knew I got high, but I was definitely fucking, like, full-blown into drugs at this time. Full-blown into meth. And, like, I would see my dad, like, go off and sniff lines. And, like, I knew what he was doing. And I told him, like, I know what you're doing. He's just like, yeah, I know, but I'm not going to do it in front of you. And then eventually he'd get drunk enough and he'd just do it in front of me. And then after one... <laughs> ah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. And then one day he just offered it to me. So then me and my dad started getting loaded together. Were you doing blow or, or meth? Meth. Okay. We were sniffing lines of meth and fucking drinking beers like every night. And then <clears throat> I remember getting up and going to school and my dad would still be knocked out. I'd be like, Dad, you got to get up and go to work. And he'd fucking be like, I'm going to get up right now. And then he fucking... I'd come back from school and he would still be fucking knocked out in the same place. And the place would be a mess. And it kind of just started, like, making me sad. And then me and him would get into it. And he'd be coming down and he'd flip out and, like, go crazy on me. I remember fucking, he, he'd call me a perpetrator, a wannabe gang member, all this stuff. I remember one time I was out with fucking Dreamer and your brother. And we all went to Carlos's pad over in San Clemente. That's when he had moved over there. And, like, we were hanging out. And then my dad hit me up. He's like, if you're not here at 8, I'm going to fuck you up when you get here. And I was just like, I got there maybe, like, 8, 10. And that fool fucked me up for that shit. And he would just come home drunk and, like, he'd come home and fucking wake me up, like, choking me, calling me a perpetrator and all this shit. And I don't know why he was so angry at me, but my dad was going to do his own shit. But I just remember after that, I just, like, stopped going to school. I was depressed. I fucking moved out of my dad's, moved to my grandma's. I got a job at Olive Garden. And, you know, I was still getting loaded the whole time. Like, it was always getting loaded. Like, I would work to get my drugs. Then I started selling drugs. And then my dad moved, my dad eventually got kicked out of that spot because it was bound to happen. Like, he wasn't working and doing shit. So he came, he moved into my grandma's, he fucking took over my grandma's house. But I remember I, I was selling my, my dad dope and all the friends, all his friends on the block, like it was a little cold sack. So all the people on that block, like, grew up together, knew each other. And I knew all of them too because my grandma always lived there, but I would sell them all dope. But eventually that ran out. I left there. I moved back to my mom's for a little bit because I started going to the Los Angeles Film School and um, for music. And I had always rapped and make music. Like, I'd always been into music. I remember, like, me and your brother would rap and, like, we'd always do it. But I started going to school for it. I barely made it through the school because I, I started doing heroin at this point. And I remember um, we would hang out with Shauna a lot. I'm not supposed to. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be using names. Or uh, I was to say, watch the names, but you're you're fine because we're also too. We're doing a like just first name. I mean, we're not being like this person at this address. And- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my homegirl, uh, you could. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, she got busted. I remember she got busted, and she was moving a lot of stuff. And when she got busted, she had told me like, "Hey, I need you to take over my fucking workload, pretty much. Like, I'm gonna give you my phone." I had a car at the time. I need you to drive and go pick up the dope and sell this dope for me. And I remember, fuck, I was selling so much dope at that time. Like, I was making so much money. I remember I literally had 18 calls, like, back to back. I had two phones, and I had 18 calls because I had to write them all down because I was fucking... I stopped at my friend's room, and I was trying to, like, get all these fucking orders together. It was so stressful, but I was making money. And... You know, it was cool then. Like that then it was cool because like, yeah, I'm selling drugs, I'm cool, I got money, I got drugs and people are hitting me up. But I was going to school, living at my mom's and like my mom is just like, Whoa, what the fuck's going on? Why are you up all night? Recording all loud, people are coming over all hours of the night. 
Like, it wasn't cool with my mom. And, like, you know, I put that lady through a lot. And eventually she just moved out of that house in Arcadia to get away from me. I got a little room in Monrovia. And and I got addicted to heroin. And I was addicted to heroin for years. This is too, like, you're somewhat young at this point. This is, like, 20 to 25? Yeah. And yeah. Then at, the, at that time, too, even if you are a full-blown addict, your body recovers. Like yeah, you yeah, do, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, your bounce back is, like, I, I used to get drunk all night. Wake up, you know, drag ass to the beginning of work, and then by the afternoon, it's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. It starts, it starts to wear on you. Like, as the years go by, your body starts to break down more and more, especially doing hard drugs. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. So you're starting to get, like, it sounds like you're starting to get to that point where you're burnt out a little bit, but you're not ready to. <laughs> yeah, and at this point, it's kind of like, it's still a little in the fun phase. It, right. There's, like, little problems here and there. But, like, the problems are mostly, like, people tripping or... Like, people, like, I was, give, like, giving people dope, so people wouldn't, like, you know, it was just, like, stupid drug problems. It wasn't, like, the problem was, like, my mom was, like, she didn't want to deal with me. She didn't want that shit around her. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was a problem. I was just, like, well, fuck it. Like, then you don't have to be around me. But I didn't really realize, like, oh, shit, that's my mom. You know what I mean? I didn't really care then. Yeah, you're not, you know, it's not, it's not settling in, like, the gravity of what the fuck you're doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought I was just going to fucking be a drug dealer rapper. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it didn't turn out that way. So, um, you know, I'm selling drugs for a while. Everything's cool. I'm making money. And then eventually I get busted. I had this little spot in Monrovia. I got, like, my whole little recording set up. Everything's cool. I'm dealing drugs. And then I get popped. And I get popped and I lose everything. And so I'm in jail. And then I get out of jail. And I go back and all my shit's, like, gone, fucked up. So... Now, once I get popped, my mom was helping me out with the rent for a little bit. But once I get popped, my mom was just like, "All right, you got to pay your own rent." So then I got I got busted and I wasn't I didn't have no way to make money cuz I wasn't working. So I wound up losing that spot, having to start all over. So when you got locked up, you went back and all your shit was gone? Like someone ransacked you? Well, it well, the cops the cops oh, got Oh, they me. fucked everything up. The cops oh, got okay. me. And I fucked up cuz I was going to school and I was I don't know if you ever knew Cody and Justine, two like fucking heroin addict couple it was like a younger heroin addict couple they were probably my brother's age Mm -hmm. but they were living at a hotel living on the streets and i remember they were at my friend's house and my friend would just punk them they were at my friend's hotel room and i was selling drugs at the time and my friend would just punk them like he would take the dude's shoelaces make him walk around in one one shoe like my friend would just degrade him and i i told this dude like why are you treating him like that he's like because like he works for me like he's my bitch pretty much so I remember leaving the hotel room, giving this dude my number, like, hey, you can come work for me and I won't treat you like that. Like, don't let this motherfucker disrespect you like that. So this fool gave me a call and I started letting, he would start selling dope for me. And then like, you know, I would let him stay, him and his girlfriend, they had a car too, so it was cool. Him and his girlfriend would stay, I would let him stay in my mom's garage, which turned out to be a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Because like, then they knew that spot was there and when I would go to school people would be there and my grandma's jewelry wound up being missing it was just like a whole fucking shit show mm-hmm. um but i forgot why i started saying well that. either way I, I just wanted to say on that too it's fucking sad because people will treat people that way and the sad part is they're so addicted that they just take it like yeah as long as i get my fucking shit i don't care what he does you know like, yeah 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 like that's where the whole you know this guy's fucking over here wearing high heels and shit like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know? like for real it's like goddamn. <laughs> yeah fuck but Whatever, my I, I guess it happens. Mm-hmm. So he you get him out of there, or how does it so, go? So, so I get I. My mom winds up leaving. I go to a spot in Monrovia, 
the whole time I still have this girl and this guy coming over my house. Like, they would stay there sometimes, but they were still selling for me. I wound up getting busted. And I remember I got busted and um, I was fucking, like, kicking heroin. I was doing heroin at this point, selling heroin. And I was fucking so sick from not having heroin. I had some at my house and I got out of jail and I was so happy because I was going to go fucking get high off heroin. And I had told Cody, hey, I'm out of jail. I got some heroin. Come over. Let's party. And he like when I first talked to him, he's like, you're out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got some heroin. Come over. Let's party. And then all of a sudden he got quiet. And I was just like, that's weird, you know, because this was a fucking heroin addict. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like did you go take my heroin? And he was just like, no, what do you mean? He's like, just call me when you get home. So I got home and my heroin was gone. And my roommates had told me like, yeah, that dude and his girlfriend came to clean up your house. They said they wanted to clean up your room. So you had a clean room when you got back from jail. And I was just like, that's fucking fucking scum. Fucking scumbag. <laughs> Did that, was the room clean? No, oh! the, room was, the room was still a mess too. <laughs> just minus the heroin. It was dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I remember I found out where they were at. I went to the hotel room they were at and I fucking found him. And I waited for his girlfriend. His girlfriend came out to walk the dog. And like I just fucking bolted into the room. And they tried to like close the door on me. But I got my foot in the door. And I wound up headbutting this dude. I learned that fucking move from your brother by the way. (laughs) From the famous fucking headbutt. And I fucking headbutted him. And I remember like he's like oh my teeth. And his fucking teeth were in my forehead. And I pulled him out. (laughs) I remember that. And I was just like fucking bleeding all over the place. But you know, at this point, it's just like, fuck, I'm losing my place in Monrovia. I, n- I now all my drugs are gone because I got busted because the cops were on me. And um, I wound up taking their dog from them because they owed me money for that heroin. And I never gave their dog back. Then I wound up getting busted again because that girl told on me to the cops like because I took their dog. Mm-hmm. So she pretty much ratted me out. I got busted again. And then I remember, like, now this time, now now at this point, I'm losing things. Like, I'm fucking losing my pad. I fucking was making all this money selling dope. Felt like I was on top of the world. I got busted twice. Now I can't start over. I'm getting out. Like, I got no money. I got, got no record. place to go. Yeah, I got a record. Mm-hmm. So now I get out. And now I'm just kind of just like... And, you know, at first it was cool. Like, I felt like a cool, cool dude. I was fucking... Maybe if I'm not as popular as I was, like, in high school or junior high school, I'm popular on the streets now. And all these street people know me. But then, like, once the bag runs out, like, people don't give a fuck with who you are. Like, yeah. they don't give a mm-hmm. fuck about you. So now I don't have anything to offer. And people are just, like, kind of just, like, fuck. Now I'm just, like, going from place to place. You know, hanging out. Just strung out. Like, strung annoying out. people, right? Like, yeah. it's more of just, like, you're a nuisance at this point. Yeah. Mm. Like. Mm. I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the nizzle tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that dude came to my house, too. And he was there for, like, three days. And I fucking was like, dude, you need to leave. And he's like, okay, I'm going. And I fucking had to kick him out of my room. And I fucking went to sleep. And I woke up, like, the next day. And they were just like, my roommates were like, is that your friend in the living room? Like, he's just going in the refrigerator drinking people's sodas and shit. Dude, I, uh, (laughs) go ahead, finish this. (laughs) Yeah, I went, okay, so, uh, Mike was living here. Yeah. You know, Mike's a great roommate. He's fucking never home. House is always clean. And, um, his door's always closed. So when he comes home, he's in here, he sleeps, and he's gone. I never see him. Yeah. You know, he doesn't cook and shit like that. He eats at his mom's. So, I come home. The lights are on in the room. I hear, like, movement. And I was like, whatever, it's fine. A day goes by, the light's still on, I hear like moving, I'm like, that's weird, usually he's not home two days in a row, and then like four days go by, and I'm like, I start knocking on the door, 
you know, I knock on the door in the morning and I hear like a scuffle and it's quiet. I'm like, oh, you know, caught that guy beating it a couple of times. So I was like, I'll just leave. <laughs> so I come back, I knock again. You know, a couple hours later, uh, same thing. I hear like a scuffle. And then I text Mike and I was like, hey, are you home? And he's like, no, why? And I was like, what the fuck? You know, so I, I, I kick open the door and fucking Anise or <laughs> whatever is in here. He's like, oh, man, I was coming down and. Uh, I just and then he like comes out and I was like, dude, don't do that. Like, fucking say something to me, you know. So we, he comes out and he's like chilling on the couch. He's like, yeah, man, I just went in that room and I masturbated for four days. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so disgusted and upset for Mike. Yeah. And Mike's like, dude, you didn't even tell me you were coming over. I was like, did you hear Mike? He just said he jerked off all over your room. <laughs> like Mike was all chill with it. Like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that shit used to happen at least and a couple times towards the end. He'd be like, "When I got sober, hey, my friend just did a bunch of coke. He's in a withdrawal. Can we do it at your house?" I'm like, "No, get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he's doing. He hit me up a little while ago, but I didn't really respond because once we got older, he would only hit me up for one thing, and it was to like get higher, get drugs, right? And it'd be like once every fucking six months, he would hit me up and want to go on a binge. And I would usually do it, but, like, the last time I was just You're like, like, you son of a bitch, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why? You only want one thing. Come on, let's go. Um, so, I get busted, then, uh, fucking what happens? So, okay, so, I'm going from place to place. I'm fucking trying to fucking, you know, stay high, be on the streets, not sure fucking what's going on, but, um... You know, Shauna gets back out, and she's taking care of me here and there as much as she can. Take care of herself and fucking 20 other people that are rolling around with her. But, you know, that that only lasts so long, and then she winds up getting busted. And it's just, that that's just what it was, like selling drugs, getting busted, trying to stay high. Mm-hmm. So then I remember one point, maybe like I was probably 24, 25. Was I 24 or 25? Or maybe I was like already 27 at this point. But still, just like selling dope, going to casinos, back and forth from Whittier to fucking to Pasadena to fucking Monrovia to Azusa, back to Whittier, just like going wherever I can to Norwalk, just like fucking meeting random fucking people on the streets, fucking rolling around with them for two or three days and then fucking... Meeting another random person on the street, rolling around with them for two or three that's, days. That's sort of normal drug behavior too, right? Like yeah. you obviously have something in common, which is drugs. So it's like... <laughs> and it's just crazy though, because I think back about it. Like I remember like fucking literally spending fucking three nights in the wash in Norwalk. Just like in some fucking random fool's tent. Just like fucking doing heroin. Like not giving a fuck. Like, oh yeah, that's fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> and then like I would go back and like I would be I would always find like a friend's house to like stay for, like take stuff to, and I would have like a stop a sp- spot where I was set up. And I would go out for like three days and roam the streets and then I'd come back and I'd fucking like chill there for a day or two, shower and like clean up, and then I'd go back out in the streets for three days and then I come back. And then, you know, eventually, like, usually the people's houses that I'm staying at are drug addicts, too. But I'd come back and shit would be either missing or people would, like, sometimes people would just be like, yo, you got to fucking bounce. Mm-hmm. So I'd wind up bouncing from spot to spot. But, you know, I had always, during the whole time, I'd always, like, really been passionate about music and really liked music. And I remember I had got, like, I was on the streets. And I met some dude and some girl at a casino. And, like, 
I always kind of felt like I was like a, a kind of a flashy kid. And I remember one thing my dad did teach me is like, if you're, if you don't have a dollar in your pocket, if you don't have a penny in your pocket, never look broke. Because if you look broke, people won't respect you. So I remember being at the casino, being broke as fuck. But I would like try to act like I had money and look like I had money and had all this fucking bullshit jewelry on. But you know, people don't know, but I would try to act like I had money and act like I was some fucking rapper, drug dealer. And um, I met some girl and some dude and this girl was just like, she was like a singer and she said that she had a, a one time did some music with a Motown or something like that. Or maybe it was Def Jam and she was, she still knew her producer and she was going to help me out. So then I wound up meeting this dude and this dude is like, I didn't know if he was bullshitting or not, but he asked me to rap for him. So I rap for him and he's like, yeah, that's pretty tight. And then he's like, yeah, I know this big time producer who works with big time artists. Like I can get you a deal, but like. I remember too, I would go to the casino and I would win a lot, but every time I would win, I would go straight to the jewelry store and I had won maybe like a couple nights before I won like three grand and I went to the jewelry store and I bought a ring that was like maybe $1,600 and then I went and I gambled the rest of the money, but I bought like a diamond ring. It was pretty dope. And when I went to this guy's house, he was like, yeah, I'm going to, he called the producer and the producer said he, I think Wiz Khalifa was like hot at that time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go meet Wiz Khalifa, blah, blah, blah. And he, the dude was just like, yeah, I got this artist. Like, I want you to meet him. And I remember the dude was like, okay, meet me at the studio. And then he was just like, meet me at the studio at this time. And then I was just like, okay, cool. So then I was about to bounce. I was like, okay, well, I got to go do some stuff. I'm going to come back. And the dude was just like, nah, fuck that. Like, I just talked to this producer. I'm going to have you fucking meet him in the studio like you're not going nowhere you're gonna stay here until we go i'm like nah man i gotta go shit to do like i gotta go get some more drugs and all this other shit <laughs> and he was just like nah like he's just like you need to give me something as collateral or he's like he called the producer and then he set it up for a different day or a different time or something i remember he's like well you're gonna have to meet you on another day another time and then he told me like you need to give me some collateral I need some collateral to make sure you're going to come to the studio. He's like, give me one of your rings. And I was just like, fuck no, I'm not going to give you the, any of these rings. And then I was just like, I can get you a gun. And he's like, get me whatever. But as soon as you go walk into the studio, I'm going to give it back to you. I just need something to ensure the fact that you're going to show up. So I went to get a gun. And I remember I was staying at some hotel off vouchers. That's how I was getting around too. Because I would go to the GR office and I'd get vouchers for hotels. Mm -hmm. So I would stay like a week and a half at this hotel or a week and a half at that hotel. And I thought I was doing good for myself. But, you know, <laughs> other apparently my dad came in one time and he's just like, oh, my God. I remember he started crying. He's just like, this is how you're living, son. Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, fuck. I feel like I'm doing good. Mm -hmm. I liked it, though, because I felt like I was free to get fucking high all I wanted. So I remember I, was, I got the gun and I was going back to my room. And I remember the cops pulled up on me. And they had illegally searched me, but I fucking opened my mouth and I said, like, they asked me how old I was and I told them how old I was. I think I said I was 28 mm -hmm. and they asked me my birthday and I tried to give them my brother's birthday. And then they're just like, wait, if you're this old, how is this your birthday? So then their illegal search became legal. Like, if I wouldn't have said anything, I would have got away with it. But I got busted with that gun. So I wound up going to prison and I went to prison for eight months. I got out of prison and I remember, like, when I got out of prison, like, I was working out every day. And I was always skinny my whole life. But I was, like, I was just working out. I got really healthy in there. Um, and I was really motivated. So were you detoxed in prison? 
Yeah, I had a kick in prison. It was uh, bad. It was, it was bad, bro. Uh, it was super bad. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it sucks. Okay, so you got healthy. You you detox. You you're clean. What's going yeah, on? Mm-hmm. it was a little exciting too, because you know. You always know you're going to make it. You always, it's kind of just like when you're fucking on the streets selling drugs, like gang banging, claiming a gang and shit. Like you kind of, it's always in the back of my mind, like, fuck, I might go to prison at some time. Yeah. So it was kind of like, whatever. It wasn't too bad. But I got out. I was super motivated when I got out. I was fucking, I remember I got out. I My aunt and my grandma let me move in with them in Ontario. I got out. A month later, I got a job at a really fine dining steakhouse in Rancho Cucamonga, um, the Sycamore Inn. Shout out, Sycamore. Uh, (laughs) And I was working there. I was doing really good. By the second month, I had bought a car. And by the third month, I had moved out of my aunt's and I got my own spot in Pomona. Mm -hmm. And I was on AB 109, which is like county probation. It's like kind of in between parole and probation. Mm -hmm. And they were drug testing me. And, you know, I was still drinking at this time, smoking weed. I had a weed card, so they didn't really care, but I wasn't doing hard. I wasn't doing meth. I wasn't doing heroin. I was just, like, drinking at work, and, like, I was being, like, a normal person. But then, after six months of passing all my drug tests, they were just like, all right, well, we're going to stop testing you because you obviously don't have a drug problem. Like, you have a year on this program. You pass all your tests for six months. We're not going to test you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I was just like, hell yeah, it's time to party. So I remember that fucking night, like... My mom, my mom bought me a fucking, uh, for my birthday, my mom bought me a Scion and I had to pay her back, but she bought it up front and like I was paying her back in payments. And like that night they told me like they weren't going to test me anymore. Like I went to Skid Row and I remember being in Skid Row too, man. I would go out and this was actually after the fact, but I went to Skid Row. I fucking picked up some dope, some heroin from some fucking junkie in Skid Row. And I went back and I started shooting up and then like. You know, I did really good for six months, but then after that six months, it went downhill. Like, you know, I was making decent money, but for some reason, like, when I was on drugs, I would like to fucking put on all these jewelry. I had, like, a grill. I would like to put on all this jewelry, and I'd like to walk around the streets of Pomona, like, in the middle of the night with my headphones on, just rapping loud as fuck. And I don't know why I love doing that, but, you know, like, that would cause so much, like, bad attention. And then I remember, like, I want, I want to buy another gun. Because I'm like, I'm fucking walking around the streets of Pomona. And Pomona's fucking turned up. And I'm fucking roaming around Pomona with all this jewelry on. Like, rapping, like, in other people's neighborhood. Like, I need a gun. And this was all because I was on drugs. When I wasn't on drugs, I wasn't doing this shit. So I didn't feel yeah, the need Yeah, you'd be like, what gun. the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on drugs. This is a great idea. <laughs> so, I remember fucking, uh... Oh, dude, one time I met this bad bitch at a fucking bar. She was so bad. We took a picture. <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> we took a picture <laughs> yeah yeah and we i'm sure it would have gone further but i've been up for like two days and i hadn't eaten and i went to the bar to eat and um fucking they did they stopped serving food because it was like 11 o'clock and i was just like well fuck it i'm just gonna start drinking i started drinking hanging out with this bitch and i went to take a piss and i was so pissed drunk like i fell asleep in the bathroom like next to the urinal and they wound up fucking taking me home and fucking, I just remember waking up in my room like, what the fuck? I was just all fucked up. But, um, so anyways, I'm doing fucking wild, reckless shit. I keep getting arrested. My job is just like, what the fuck? And then I wound up getting arrested again, like, at this bar in downtown Pomona. I fucking had a gun on me. I had gotten a DUI. So I decided I'm not going to drive to the bar. I'm going to walk. 
But because I'm gonna walk, I need to take my gun. So I fucking walk to this barn downtown Pomona. I fucking have this gun on me. I have my grill in my mouth and all this jewelry on. And I'm sitting at the bar and there's fucking some girl dancing. This fucking girl, she was wearing nothing. She was wearing like this little ass skirt and like a spaghetti strap. And she sees me and like I kind of smile at her so she could see my teeth. And like then I just go back to finishing my drink. And then the next thing you know, like she's pulling me off the bar. To go dance with her. So I'm dancing with her. And this bitch is just like backing it up on me so hard. Like she's trying to knock me over. I'm like what the fuck. And like. jewelry's all flying off. Yeah. She literally almost knocked me over. I was just like damn bitch come down. But then the fucking gun falls out. And she steps on it. And like we both look at the ground. And I'm just like oops. And I pick it up. And I put it like in my pocket. And then she's like I didn't see nothing. And she walks off. So. I go back to the bar and I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, should I play it cool? Should I bounce? And I just like was sitting there for literally, it seemed like less than fucking two minutes. I didn't even get to finish my thoughts. And I get a tap on my shoulder and fucking it's the cops. And I'm just like, oh shit. And I stand up and they just tackle me. And I got a fucking loaded gun in my pocket. And this is my second gun charge. The first one was a loaded gun too. Mm -hmm. And the first one I got 16 with half. So I'm thinking like, fuck, this is my second gun charge. I got so lucky because I had just discharged my AB-109 a week later. A week before. It had literally been a week. So this is a week of you on drugs and this is where it ended up. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. It had been it had been six months because... But you had just started using a drug after they cleared you, right? You said? Well, yeah. They cleared me after six months. So th- mm. th- there had been six months, another six months of me on drugs. Oh, okay. And then that six months... Like, I got off, the, they they cleared me off of the AB-109. Oh, so they stopped testing you, and then you got months. off it six months later. Yeah. And then, okay, so you're a week off the second part, where yeah. you're completely off everything. Yeah. Okay, all right. But I was doing drugs the whole ha- second Second half, months. right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So, then I, I'm just like, fuck, I'm going to go back to prison. So, I, w- I remember going to jail. Shauna bailed me out that fucking night. I was out the next night. And I remember walking by that bar, because I had to walk by that bar to get home. And the fucking same chick, I see her through the window, and she just looked like she had seen a ghost. And I had left my credit card there and my vape there, but I didn't even go in for it because I figured, like, they're going to fucking call the police and say, like, hey, this guy's back the next night. Yeah. So my job wound up firing me because I had a banquet the next morning at work. I was late for the banquet, and they wound up firing me. My job was just like, you know, you do really good while you're here, but when you're not at work, that's the problem. So they wound up firing me. I knew I was going to go back to prison. I wound up going to court. They fucking offered me 16 and a half again. You know, it was good. It was honestly good that I got bailed out because I got to fucking go to court in a suit and tie. And I think that really helped. And they had told me like, yo, the DA doesn't want to mess with this case. Like if you fucking, and I was going to try to say like, that was that girl's gun or that, that gun was already there. Yeah. But you know, I don't know if they had cameras or not. And they said like, dude, you just got off a gun charge. You got a second gun charge. Like, it doesn't look good. Like, we don't think we can beat it, but if you want to try it, we can. But right now, they if you take the deal, they're going to offer you 16 with half again. And fucking, they'll give you 30 days to handle your shit. And you turn yourself in in 30 days. So I was just like, well, fuck, what's the max? The max was like four years, uh, four years, two months. And that was with 80%. So I was going to probably do like three years, years over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, just fuck it. I'll just take the 16 with half. Yeah. So I took the 16 with half, I fucking, and, and you know, I got out of fucking, I went to prison again for the second so time. So you turn yourself in? 
I turned myself in. Uh, what was that like? The feeling before you like was man, it? That 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 was crazy. That was crazy. And I it was so fucked up, dude, because I was so fucked up on drugs, so dependent on these drugs. I remember like my whole room. I I I went into a serious depression because like, you know, I was working. I was doing good. I had my own spot. I had my own car. Like I had my own job. No one could really tell me shit. I was taking care of myself. But I started using drugs, and then shit became a mess. But I was still having fun. Mm-hmm. I was still having fun, but then once I got busted and I knew I was going back to prison and my job fired me, it was just like, fuck. Like, everything I just worked, I was so motivated for when I got out of prison and I worked and gained. Like, again, I lost. Like, I would always gain shit and lose it, gain shit and lose it, and it was because of drugs, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just remember I was so depressed, and I just started fucking, like, just doing so much heroin. And I remember my friend came over to my house in Pomona. And I just had, like, needles everywhere. And he's just like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm just like, bro, I don't give a fuck anymore. I remember I started staying with some chick, Andrea. Weirdest fucking story. So my cousin my cousin is with some girl, has kids with some girl, Denise. And Denise's sister is some girl, Andrea. So it's not that weird. She's kind of like family, but she's not family. Right. But we were boning. But, <laughs> but it was, it's, it's you know... She's not really family. She's not blood related. But she lived in Pomona. So I was staying with her. And I remember I was just like, fuck all my stuff. Like, I'm just going to leave that place there the way it is. And because that had happened to me so many times. Like, I would gain shit and lose it. Gain shit and lose it. But this was the first time everything I gained was actually mine. Like, it wasn't hustle money. It it wasn't drug money. It wasn't dirty money. Like, it was me working for six months being like... I don't want to say clean because I still drank and smoked weed, but me, like money that I worked for, like I bought a car, it's, I bought a it's place. Shit that you're proud of too, like you're yeah. like this is my shit, like I earned this. It yeah. was like an honest way too. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't steal it. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I didn't have to hustle it. And it was just like, but I was so depressed. And luckily Andrea was there because she's just like, dude, you worked for all that shit. Like all the other shit you lost in your past, like yeah, it was dirty shit, so fuck it. But this time you actually worked for it. Like if you let that shit go. You're going to regret it once, like, you get in a different state of mind. So, she kind of helped me go clean up all that stuff. But I remember, like, I had 30 days and days were counting down. And it was just like, I got 15 days and I got 10 days. And I remember the whole time my grandma's calling me, like, mijo, just please come see me. Come stay with me. Come stay with me. And I would tell my grandma, like, okay, grandma, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. And I was so fucking stuck on getting high. Yeah, you can't because you know you're going to have to be sober. You're going to have to behave. And that just yeah. terrifies you. And yeah. I didn't go see my grandma. I didn't go to my grandma's until the night before I had to turn myself in. And I remember, like, it was. Just, I just felt so fucked up because I was so physically, mentally, and emotionally dependent on these drugs that I put them before my grandma. Like, and my grandma's just like, please, mijo, please just come see me before you leave. Come stay with me. I want to fucking love you. Mm-hmm. And I fucking, the day, I had to turn myself in the next morning. So I fucking finally get to my grandma's that night. And my dad comes and fucking, I remember me and my grandma are sitting out in the patio eating. And like, all of a sudden my grandma just like grabs her hair and just like starts crying. And I'm just like, grandma, it's okay. Like, I just remember, like, I just felt like such a piece of shit at that time. Yeah. And my grandma was just like breaking down and you know, my grandma going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And she's just fucking hysterical. Mm-hmm. So eventually she fucking goes to bed. Me and my dad are hanging out. He winds up leaving. And then fucking again in the middle of the night, I take off. I'm like, grandma, I'll be back. And she's like, where are you going? I had to go get some heroin. 
So I went to go see my Asian homie. Rest in peace. And fucking, uh, I went to his house and I'm like, bro, I gotta turn myself in in the morning. And like, we were fucking in his garage, getting loaded off heroin. I wound up leaving to go back to my grandma's. It was already maybe like five in the morning. And he throws me a fucking, he goes, here's something for your butt cheeks. And he throws me a fucking grandma heroin. I was just like, thanks. And I remember I'm leaving and he's just like, he's like fucking nodding so sick. And I remember telling him, like, looking at him on the way out, I'm like, dude, you better not die on me while I'm in prison. And he's just like, nah, man, I'm going to wait for you to get out and we'll die together. And I was just like, all right, cool. cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for sure. So, fucking, it was just like, you know, it was a fucked up feeling. It was more fucked up because I felt like I fucking let my grandma down. Like, I should have spent more time with my grandma, and I should have, but I, I fucking wasn't able to remove myself from the drugs. Right. But I remember, like... My grandma and my dad, my dad showed up in the morning early. My grandma, my dad, and my dad's wife, and I even think my little sister, I don't know if my little sister was there or not, but they took me to court, and uh, we went to court, and I had to turn myself in, and it was kind of like, it was a fucked up feeling, but in my mind, like, I, I psyched my mind up for it. I was just like, okay, this is what it's going to be. I'm going back to prison, and fucking, I'm doing it. So I went back, I turned myself in, and I remember, like, you know, turning myself in, walking back, looking at my, my grandma, and, like, they're all watery. I'm like, don't cry. Like, it's all right. Like, I'm fucking, I got to do this. So I fucking went back to prison, and then like, this time I'm in prison, like, I'm turned up. Like, the first time I was just like, cool, I'm going to do my time. I'm going to fucking learn the rules and shit. And, like, kind of the second time I knew what I was doing already. So, like, I was just kind of turned up. Like, fuck it. Like, I'm in prison. Fuck it, I'm here. Like, I'm back. I'm back. So, like, I was just doing my thing. But I remember the first time I was in prison, maybe I drank once or twice. But I didn't use any drugs. And I, I, I didn't, I chose not to use drugs. But the second time I went to prison, like, I was just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I can do. So, you know, I, I getting bounced around all these prisons. Reception, fucking, re, um, reception, fucking orientation dorm where you're in for like a week and then you get to the main line um so then i get out of prison the second time and uh where do i go when i get out of prison i forgot where i went where did i go when i got out of prison the second time who picked you up um my grandma and my dad picked mm. me up they picked me up both times um the first time they picked me up the first time I got out of Salinas Valley, the second time I got out of Folsom. So I remember the first time they picked me up in Santa Barbara, my grandma and my dad. And then the second time I took the train and they picked me up like halfway. But um, I went to I went to go stay with my grandma both times because my grandma was living in Corona the second time. So she let me go stay with her again. And... I don't know what it was. I was trying to look for a job. I was staying on my grandma's couch. And my grandma had a, like a little one bedroom apartment in Corona. And I was staying on her house. And like, you know, I was just not motivated. I remember the first time I got out, I was so motivated to change. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do good. Fuck that. I'm never going to go back. I think the second time, once I realized, fuck it, you're going back. I was just like, well, fuck it. I'm going back then. And I just remember got out of prison. And like, I was just so not motivated. Because I had a really good job when I got out the first time. And I was just like, how am I ever going to get like a job at a place that nice again? And 
now I'm way out here in Corona in the middle of nowhere. Like, and I don't have a car. How am I going to get to work? Like, and I just remember I was just so unmotivated. And my grandma, I would be at my grandma's house. And she would fall asleep. And I would just go fucking wander the streets at nighttime. And I would just meet these homeless people, bums. And I wind up doing drugs with them. And I'd just be wind up roaming the streets at night. Coming back in before my grandma would wake up. And sometimes I'd come back and the door would be locked. And I'd just have to sit outside. But eventually she kicked me out. And, you know, shit was just, like, fucking bad at this point. Like, I'm staying at my grandma's. Now she's kicking me out. So I had a friend in, in the desert. And I had a friend who I had known from before the desert. Like, I, I had known him from Whittier. He was a friend of a friend who I wound up meeting in Whittier. But he he lived in desert. And he he lived in an apartment with some roommate. And I remember he was fucking... We would always party and get loaded. And I would go to his house every now and then in the desert and get loaded. And then I wound up coming back. But there was one time he told me, like, hey, I'm going to rehab. Like, I can't do this anymore. And um, so I went to his pad out in the desert. And he was moving out. And his roommate was a tweaker. So he was like, hey, I'm going to go to rehab. I need you to stay here and watch my shit while I'm in rehab. Because this motherfucker, I don't trust him. So I was just like, well, fuck it. That's cool with me. Like, now I got somewhere to stay for three months. So now I'm out in the desert of fucking Palm Springs while this guy's fucking in rehab. And, you know, I don't want to say it was a bad idea he let me stay there because, like, you know, I never stole shit. That was never my get down. Like, if I'm going to take some shit, I'm going to take it from somebody. But I definitely didn't, wasn't there watching his shit. Like, I was just there partying in the desert, fucking getting high. And the heroin was so much cheaper out there. So I was in the desert. Now, now I'm in the desert fucking far away from everything. Fucking all my friends are gone. I went from being this fucking popular kid in, in middle school and high school to being like this fucking drug addict gangbanger who fucking only cares about drugs and doesn't care about his friends anymore to fucking being in the fucking desert just fucking alone. Like, you know what I mean? In some fucking weird ass desert where I'm, again, just walking around the streets meeting all these random drug addicts stuck in the casinos. Fucking giving all my money to the casino or to the fucking dope dealer out there. Like, rolling around with these fucking dope dealers who think they're the shit. And I really can't fucking do shit because I don't have shit. And it's just like, you know, I felt like a fucking bitch. I felt like a scumbag. And, like, there was a point. Okay, so I'm out in the desert. My friend comes back from rehab. And... He is just like, dude, you got to fucking bounce. Like, you either go to rehab, I can get you into rehab, or you got to bounce. Because, like, you fucking have been in here fucking having a party the whole time. And I fucking wanted you to fucking watch my shit. But what does he expect? He's leaving a drug addict in his place. But He's you, probably high when he went in. He's yeah, like, I'm going to this guy to watch yeah. my <laughs> He definitely was. But right. he came back out with, like, a different state of mind. So now I'm out in the desert just roaming place to place. Like, I remember being stuck in the casino, like, Trying to just fucking make money so I can get a spot or get drugs. Like, if I had drugs, I was trying to make money to get a spot. But I would be in there or I, there would be hotels by the casino. I would go sneak and just, like, sleep in the fucking pool area. Mm -hmm. Like, literally in the desert, sleeping in the fucking pool area, hoping, like... Because it was a desert, so they have those big canopy seats, like, so they're shaded. Mm -hmm. But you can kind of hide in them. And I would go there at nighttime and I would, like, hide in them, like, where no one would see me and just fucking pretty much have to sleep there. And, um, I remember, 
I had I had from shooting up shooting up dope. I remember I got an abscess like I was uh. I was staying at my friend's house and I got an abscess in my arm and it was just like usually they would go away but it had been like 2 weeks and I remember like it was hurting so bad like it was giving me headaches and my arm was all big red and swollen and like you know I was just like fuck it I'm just going to thug it out but after like 2 weeks I'm like dude this shit isn't normal and my arm was hurting so bad, like, it would give me headaches, and it was making me, like, physically nauseous. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the hospital, and I fucking was in the hospital, and they they did a check on me, but, like, I needed drugs, so I wound up leaving the hospital. And I fucking, the hospital hit me back up, and they're like, dude, you got MRSA. And I was just like, oh. what the fuck? And I, I didn't know what really MRSA was, but someone wound up telling me, like, dude, that shit's serious. Like, you could die from that shit. Mm-hmm. So I wound up going to the hospital and I, it took me like a week to go back because I fucking was like super like almost dying. And I went back to the hospital and they, they honestly didn't think I was going to make it. My mom was living in Maryland at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember they had called my mom and they're like, yo, dude, your son has MRSA. Like, we honestly don't think he's going to make it. Like, he, he might have like about a week. So you might want to come down here. So my mom flew down from Maryland. And I remember I was so bad, dude. And like... And this whole time, people, my, I still had people, like, bringing me drugs in, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they were piss testing me, and they were testing me. And they are just like, dude, how the fuck are you still getting high in here? Like, so they eventually made it so that I couldn't have any visits. Because they knew, like, people, I was having people bring me in drugs. And they're like, dude, you're going to fucking die if you keep doing these drugs. Like, dude, yeah. you already got MRSA. Like, your body. And honestly, they said... I'm lucky that I had got that abscess because the abscess created a blood clot in my I was arm. I say that the blockage so it didn't yeah. spread. Yeah. They said if that abscess wasn't there, it probably would have went to my heart and mm-hmm. killed me. Yeah. But but it was still bad. And if I would have waited any longer, like it probably could have killed me. But I remember I was on a drip IV in the hospital for like three months straight. And I remember I was so weak and I never really wanted to die. But I remember feeling as sick as I felt. Like I just wanted to sleep and I really didn't care if I woke up. Like... You know, I never been a suicidal person or like wanted to end my life, but that was the one time in life where I felt like fuck. Like if I'm just if this is my time to go, like I felt so physically sick and like ill, like so weak and just defeated. Yeah, yeah. I was just like fuck it. So what? When you're getting treated, are you eating at this time or are you just on a drip? Well, I'm eating. They're bringing me food. Okay. Yeah. So I'm eating what I can, but I'm still like having people bring me drugs in, and. I wound up... How are you doing the drugs? You're fucking... Uh, shooting them up still. In the same I got arm? a drip IV in one arm, and then in the other arm, I'm fucking looking oh for Oh, my God. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, but it's not that crazy, because I don't know how many times I walked out of the hospital to a liquor store, or I've OD'd in a hospital, walked out, and done more drugs. Yeah. Like, walked out, took an Uber to my house, did more drugs, and was like, okay, so it's crazy, but it's not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fucking like i guarantee you people that are listening it's like what the fuck <laughs> you yeah. know but it's like oh yeah and i but never yeah. od'd luckily there was only one time when i was staying with my friend in whittier before i went out to the desert mm-hmm. like right before i went out to the desert um i had done some heroin i think this is when the fentanyl first started coming out right because mm-hmm. this heroin was so fucking strong dude and i fucking did a little shot of heroin i remember i walked to his house and I'm like, yo, bro, there's a fucking big old entertainment system out on the street. Go check it out. So he went to go check it out. And then I'm like, I'm going to go with you. I'm just going to do a shot of heroin real quick. <laughs> just going to shoot some heroin real quick. I'll be right behind yeah. And I'm crawling behind him. <laughs> and I did the heroin. And then the next thing I remember is fucking waking up to the ambulance people. 
My pants were all wet. I don't know why. They said they threw water on me. Yeah, who pissed in my pants? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, and they were fucking me. Take, they were taking me out on a fucking, uh, they were on a stretcher. But. Did they give you the shot to block the, what is it called? Um. Uh. Fuck, I can't think of it more, right now. Um. Narcan. Narcan, where it stops yeah. all the opiates, so if you're high, it immediately shuts it all off. Yeah, so that you, they yeah. gave me the Narcan shot. I remember waking up, and they were like still taking the needle out of me. Mm. And I remember hearing the other paramedic dude like, wow, that shit works right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was so pissed off. I was like, I would have woke up. Yeah. What the you fuck? Kill my high. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're upset about. <laughs> they're like, we just brought you back to life. I'm like, I would have woke up. Like this, you don't realize how much just this like, happens. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I was pissed, bro. Yeah. I'm like, this happens all the time, and I always wake up. Like, I was like, what the fuck? But they're I probably like, just like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Apparently, <laughs> my friend's mom walked into the garage, and I was just like laid out, and she thought I was turning blue, so she threw water on me, and I didn't wake up, so they called the ambulance, and um. So, anyways, that happened. But, um, so now I'm in the hospital. I'm fucking dying. My mom, and dude, okay, so once my mom leaves me, once I'm younger, so back when I was in, in my early 20s, like, I'm pro- I'm like 32, 31 at this point, 30 maybe. Now I'm in the hospital at 30, but back when I was in my 20s, my mom fucking left her house in Arcadia, and I went to Monrovia, and really at that point, my mom was done with me. And my mom's black or white, you know? You're either right or you're wrong. There's no in between. My mom should have been a fucking cop because she's either, you're either right or you're wrong. Like, there's no in between for my mom. So, my mom literally cut me off. I remember there was one time it was raining and I was, it was, my mom was living here in Pasadena and I'm like, Mom, it's raining. Can I come over? She's like, Nope, don't come to my house. I'm like, well, can you put an umbrella outside? She's like, Andrew, don't come to my fucking house. I'm like, well, can you at least put a blanket outside so I can find somewhere to sleep? And she's just like, Andrew, if you come to my house, I'm calling the fucking cops on you. And I was just like, it's fucking raining. You're my mom. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll call the cops on you. And it's it sounds harsh, but dealing with an addict, that's the only way you can be. Yeah, That's exactly. the only way you can be. She had to yeah. protect herself. And give I you a little bit of leeway, you would have been fucking sleeping, selling dope on the couch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a guarantee that's what happened. You know? And you know, I was always like... I was always like, you have to accept me. This is just the way I am. You have to accept me the way I am. And I didn't realize like that that shit doesn't work. People don't want your fucking tornado of a life destroying what they've worked for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And especially a son. Like I can imagine like if I had a kid watching him kill himself, like must be hard. And especially when like she gave me plenty of opportunity to stop. And I was just like, no, I'm not stopping. Mm -hmm. So I understand today, like my mom needed to do what she had to do to protect herself and honestly my brother's a strong-minded person but like i didn't want my poison infecting him either you know what i mean yeah so my mom flies out from maryland like i'm fucking dying i'm on this drip iv for three months i'm in the hospital and uh eventually i fucking make it back to life after three months of being on this strong-ass fucking antibiotics. You just sit in the hospital for three months. You're not able to walk around. You don't have the strength to do any of that shit. No, I yeah. could barely walk maybe. Like, at first I couldn't walk. Like, I was mm-hmm. literally bed bedridden. But after, like, maybe, uh, maybe like, three weeks I could walk. But I had to have that little fucking rolling thing with right. me. I couldn't walk on you my own. wheel around your IV everywhere. Yeah. Are they, what are they giving? Are they giving you painkillers? Are they giving you... Um... Well, they would give me morphine, but they had me on this really strong drip IV that was on me 24-7. Like, uh-huh. I don't know what this stuff was, but it was super strong, and it 
and it honestly made me feel kind of nauseous. Is it painkiller? It it was an antibiotic of some sort. Okay. Mm-hmm. They would give me painkillers separate. Like they would give me morphine a lot at yeah. first. Then they took it down to like morphine pills. But like at first, because you're doing liquid. a medical detox, which is the best detox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing better than being detoxed in the hospital. But I I, I wasn't detoxing from drugs though, because I was still getting loaded the whole time. Like uh-huh. I was still having heroin and fucking meth brought into me. Mm-hmm. And when I knew they were going to cut off my fucking supply, I had, like, enough brought into me where I would be able to sustain myself. So I was still getting high the whole time in the hospital. Jesus Christ. That's so at, at first, they were trying to stop me from doing it. But if, I think after a while, they're just like, dude, this kid's going to get high. Let's just try to save his life first. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So they did save my life. Thank God to that hospital because they could have kicked me out because I was still having people come over. Even after they told me no, I was having people come over. Security was constantly coming to my ho- hospital room. I was treating the hospital like it was a hotel. Like, for yeah. real. Having people over. Yeah. Letting people just shower in the fucking shower oh my and God. shit. <laughs> people were in the shower smoking dope. I remember the nurse came in and, like, my homie and some chick were in there smoking dope together. And they came out, like, in towels and it was all steamy and shit. And I'm just like, they're just taking a shower. Oh, my God. And the God. nurse is just like, no, you can't have this going on here. Oh, my God. It was so, so crazy. crazy. Yeah. So my mom came and then my mom was like, you can't. They, they told my mom everything I was doing. So my mom stood there for a little bit. So eventually she left. I became healthy enough for them to discharge me. The MRSA was gone after three months. They told me I was lucky I was alive. I literally almost did die. So after three months, but then after three months, I remember like I just went to the desert and there was some dude who had a fucking trailer in the desert and said I could fucking stay in the trailer as long as I was willing to fucking sell dope for him. Like he, he knew I was on heroin and he wanted to sell heroin for some reason because he knew a lot of people did heroin. He was some old retired dude who had like some money. And he's like, yeah, I want to get into selling heroin. And I just bullshit him. Like, yeah, I know plenty of heroin fucking addicts. Mm-hmm. I did, but, like, I didn't really contact him unless I was trying to get heroin. But, like, I could sell that for you. And he's like, how much do you think we can make? And I just kind of bullshitted him. So I wound up staying at his spot. He bought some heroin for me to sell. I didn't wind up selling it. I was just doing it the whole time. Oh, shit. And eventually he caught on to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time, and it, this was in... um. 19, 21 palms. Mm-hmm. 29 and palms. 29 yeah. palms. Uh-huh. And dude, this is like straight fucking desert. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking trailer literally in middle of fucking nothing. It was a trailer with like a little fucking thing. And there was a little fucking other little shack house that he lived in. And it was just like all the way you look around you is desert. So, I remember fucking my mom. It was Mother's Day. I had tried to go to treatment one time or I was talking about going to treatment. It was Mother's Day. My mom had been willing to see me because I was dying. Mm-hmm. So I hung out with her for Mother's Day and then she's taking me back to this fucking desert. Fucking middle of nowhere. She drives me all the way back from fucking Pasadena to 29 Palms. And I get there and the fucking gate's locked and the dude fucking... All, I look in the window. I wind up jumping the gate. And this dude always carried a gun on him, too. So I was kind of wary of that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was just going to fucking try to... Like, he told me, like, don't come back. You can't come back here because I had been fucking burning him for all of the fucking heroin and shit. And I look in the window of the trailer and all my shit's fucking pretty much gone. And I remember I was so pissed. But I couldn't stay there because eventually he's going to come back. I have nothing there. And, like, 
sitting in the desert. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. middle of the desert. So I wound up going back to my grandma's. And I'm just like, my grandma didn't want me to come back, but I really had nowhere else to go. I went to my grandma's. My mom dropped me off there. Um, and fucking, no, where did I go? Did I go to my grandma's or did I just go to the casino? I think I actually had my mom drop me off at a casino or something. I really don't remember. It was so sh- hazy. But I just remember, dude, being in, in the middle of the desert, like walking around like, fuck, what am I going to do? I have nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I remember I I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to go to rehab. I wound up going to fucking my mom's, telling her, like, I'm ready to go to rehab. I tried going to fucking Impact. I was there for maybe four hours, and I left. And, oh, while I, while I was on MRSA, I fucking filed for disability or SSI. And I told them, like, I had a terminal illness. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. So, they wound up approving the SSI, so I was getting, like, some money. So I was in rehab for four hours. I wound up leaving, going back to Skid Row. Because you're on SSI? They kicked you out or something? No. Oh. I, I left because I was fucking kicking heroin so Yeah, and the, and the intake process fucking sucks. Yeah. Like you're coming down, you're kicking a drug, and then you're just like, uh, wait for fucking eight hours, and then you fill out paperwork for four hours. And, and I, remember, like, I remember maybe <laughs> like, I remember, I remember maybe it was like two in the morning. I did a shot of some fucking bullshit China White that wasn't even China White. But they had told me, you know, we have fucking, we have this stuff for you to kick heroin or whatever, so you're not kicking. Mm-hmm. But we can't give it to you until 24 hours after your last use. And I had used it like 2 in the morning. So, I remember being there and it had it had already been, it was maybe like, what time was it? Maybe like 12, 1 in the afternoon. And I was kicking so fucking hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like sweating profusely. And I was just like, my nose was running and I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, well, I'm like, but I didn't use, I used it two in the morning, but that shit was like bunk. Like it didn't work. They're like, well, we can't give you anything till tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't wait fucking till tomorrow. Like, yeah. I need to go get high now. Yeah. Well, the, what your body goes through at those hours is fucking like pure panic. You know, yeah. so mentally, physically, you're just fucking worn apart, like completely torn apart. So to have the willpower to try to sit there, it's it's almost impossible to do. So I, I definitely have been there. You know, I learned after a while <laughs> that go into those places fucked up because it's going to be a long time until you yeah. get in bed and you can actually fucking chill. Yeah, You know, sure. it's like, yeah, so I, I get you on that. So I wound up leaving after four hours. I went back to Skid Row. Within two hours of leaving there, I went to the ATM, got some money. I was, like, in a tent in Skid Row fucking shooting up. I called my homie. He came to pick me up. Um, And then we just, like, he had a hotel room somewhere. It was the homie from Sangra. So then we were just fucking rolling around. I was just rolling with him. He sells dope. And I had picked up, like, nine balloons from Skid Row. So I'm just rolling around with the homie for a while. Going, it was by Commerce. So I was back at the casino. And... Just doing that, like hotels, casino, hotels, casino, heroin. And um, I remember we were going to these little underground casinos where we were playing the fish games and all this bullshit. And I was running out of heroin. So I went back to Skid Row. And this was maybe, now I've been out of impact for like 30 days. Mm-hmm. It had been 30 days since I left. And my mom had let me stay with her for two days because two or three days because I was going, I had to decide to go to fucking rehab. 
But then I wound up bailing on the rehab, and my mom was just like, you motherfucker. Like, whatever. So then she cut me off again. She wasn't talking to me again. So I'm out of impact for 30 days. I'm out of heroin now. I'm going back to Skid Row to pick up. And I remember my friend dropped me off, and I went to go pick up. And I fucking picked up from the tent, and I'm fucking walking back to my friend's car. And as soon as I pick up, I turn around, and a cop car pulls the corner. And I fucking... I'm I fucking cross the street and I have like some sh I have some sweats on but I have some shorts underneath the sweats So I put the fucking balloons in the pocket in the shorts underneath the sweats and um And then I cross the street so then the cops turn around they pull up on me And you know there's three questions you ask a cop when they stop you right This is a how to get away from the police You ask them have I committed a crime you don't have to answer any of their questions. You ask them questions. Have I committed a crime? No, you haven't committed a crime. We're just trying to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. Have I committed a crime? If the answer is no, you don't have to answer any other question. Am I being detained? Yes or no? They're going to say all this other shit. Have I committed a crime? Am I being detained? If I've not committed a crime, I'm not being detained. The next question, am I free to go? And they have to answer yes. And I remember so many cops would get mad at me because they come up like, we just want to know who you are. Do you have ID? We just want to figure out what you're doing. And I just say, have I committed a crime? And they're like, no, we're just trying to figure blah, blah, blah. Am I being detained? No, we just want to know, am I free to go? I have not committed a crime. I'm not being detained. I'm free to go. And they have to let you go. Like, mm -hmm. all that other shit, they just get you to talk when people don't have to talk. But this time I fucked up because I asked them, have I committed a crime? And they're like, yeah, you just jaywalked. So I was just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. <laughs> well played, officer. Yeah. <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah, so then they fucking had the right to search me and all this shit. Mm -hmm. And I gave them my brother's name. Sorry, Jules, if you ever hear this. <laughs> I gave them my brother's name and my brother's birthday because this time I remembered it. And they were just like, this dude has a clean record. And I remember they searched me and they didn't find the balloons at first. But the dude felt a little something yeah. under the sweats. But, like, he kind of just, like, fucking put his hand in the pocket and didn't see anything so he just like wrote it off mm -hmm. and then they're just like they looked me up on the computer and they're like dude has a clean record and the, the other cops like no way and they're like dude and they sh he showed him the picture and like i looked like my yeah, brother looked just like him yeah. so they're just like dude has a clean record he has nothing on him he got a dui maybe five years ago but oh. he took care of it sorry julian <laughs> yeah and the cop was just like nah fuck that so like he searched me more and like eventually he put his hand in my pants i'm like what are you doing dude i try to make a scene yeah and then he's seen the other pants so then, like, he put his hand in the other pocket, and he found the balloons, and I had my ID in there. Wow. So then he seen, like, and then I told him, like, yeah, I gave you my brother's name. So I went to jail for 30 days, and um, I wound up getting popped for the heroin and mistaken, like, false identity. They dropped the false identity because I pled to the heroin. Um, and they, it was just a misdemeanor heroin charge, 30 days in jail. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was I had a kick in jail. And I remember when I was leaving Impact, they tried to get me to stay. They're like, bro, have you ever kicked in jail? I'm like, yeah, I have. But yeah, I'm fucking going to get hired, <laughs> so I'm not going to worry about it. But I wound up kicking in jail, and it was just like I was so miserable for two weeks. But every time I get to jail, like, I just tend to work out a lot. I work out a lot in jail, and I, it's honestly been a good thing because, like, I used to be super skinny, and it got me, like, some weight. But after I after the kicking phase... I remember the first two weeks in being in jail, I was just trying to get bailed out. I was calling everyone and their mother because I needed to get out and I needed to get high. And um, I remember fucking being in jail. After the first two weeks, I was just like, well, fuck, no one's going to bail me out. 
I'm not kicking anymore. So I started working out, feeling healthier. And then I wound up going to court and they said, okay, we're going to let you out in 30 days. And then I started being coming afraid because I'm just like, well, fuck. Okay, so now I kicked these drugs. I'm no longer on drugs. And I'm kind of like working out again and like I'm feeling better in just a short amount of time. But I have this knowledge in my mind like, fuck, I, I don't know how to do anything else. Like I'm going to get out of jail. Where am I going to go? I'm going to go back to the street. I'm going to go back to what I was doing because I have nowhere to go. Like what am I going to do? And I was afraid like I don't want to go back to doing drugs. Like I don't want to go back to that. Like I can't believe I'm fucking off these drugs now. Like I had a kick in jail and I never thought I was going to get off drugs. And when I left Impact the first time I knew like fuck I'm going to have to go to jail because that's the only way I'm going to be able to do it. Because I tried walking in a rehab. I can't kick. I'm going to have to be put in a cage and forced, forced to. to. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then, you know, I wound up taking my mom. My mom wound up taking my calls this time. My dad didn't. My dad was mad at me. I wound up. My mom took my calls. And uh, she's like, you better call Impact. See if they'll let you back in. So I wound up, My dad was pissed off at me. My dad was pissed off at me. Because my dad had told me, like, come to my house and let's figure something out to get you some help. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, nope, I'm just going to keep getting loaded. So my dad was mad at me. My dad had always been there for me, but after like so long, my dad was just like, you know what, don't talk to me. And um, so I got out of jail this last time, and I went to my dad's. And my dad's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, dad, I'm going to go back to rehab. And um, you So know you're I, clean at this time, too. Yeah, I'm yeah. clean at this mm-hmm. time. And um, I go to my dad's, and you know, I drink a beer or two with my dad, but I'm not going to do any drugs. I'm going to just go to rehab. So I got a date and it was maybe like I got out on um, June 28th mm-hmm. and I had a bed July 9th. So I remember I remember in there praying like I just want to spend one holiday on my little sister. Since my little sister has been born, she's 20 years younger than me. I have not spent a single holiday with her. Mm-hmm. And I remember in there praying like I just want to spend one holiday with my sister before I go to rehab. And it was perfect because, like, I'm like, if I get out, I'm going to spend 4th of July with my sister. Because I got out the 28th. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to spend 4th of July with my sister. And then I go to rehab July 9th. Um, so I'm at my dad's. He's like, okay, well, if you're going to go to rehab. And I called. I got a bed. I'm like, look, it's all set up. Like, I'm going. And he's like, okay, cool. So I wound up. He, my dad winds up letting me use my car to go to my mom's. She lives here. She lives in Monrovia now, where she lives at now. At this point, I go to do something, get something from her, some documentation. And then I fucking, me and my drug addict ways, I go wind up seeing one of the homies. The same homie I fucking, when I bailed Impact the first time, he's the one who picked me up. I wound up stopping by to see him and telling him like, hey, I'm going to rehab. And then he's just like, oh, really? Let's do something before you go in. And he's just like, here. And he throws me a fucking bag yeah, of dope. Of course. Like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fucking homie. Yeah, the homie. You know what yeah, I mean? of course. Mm-hmm. And I fucking wound up getting high. And You're going to go in anyway. Why not? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so fucked up because, like, I remember I prayed to spend a holiday with my sister. My prayer was granted. I got to spend 4th of July with my sister. But this was, like, on the f- July 2nd. Mm-hmm. And I wound up getting loaded. And I fucking dropped my dad's car off and I took off and I never made it back to that holiday mm. with my sister. And um but I wound up going into impact and I fucking did the program there. You know, after my, my pro I learned a lot there. After my program there, I fucking wound up staying there and doing a residential aid program. I was on the residential aid program for another thirty days and I remember my mom telling me, like, you need to go to a year long rehab, like 
And I originally chose Impact because it was only three months. And I was just like, fuck it, I'll go here and do three months and get everyone off my back. And like, at least I'll have somewhere to go and I'll figure something out. But I wound up going there. And, you know, I had already kicked. It was good I didn't start doing heroin because I didn't really have to kick the heroin. I just fucking had to, you know, come down from the tweak. That was always my problem was kicking heroin. It was too hard. Mm-hmm. But I had kicked in jail and I didn't do it again when I got out. I just did fucking meth. But, um, you know, I wound up going to fucking uh, the rehab. I had a friend who went through the rehab, and I seen the way it changed his life. You know, they they have you, it's a 12-step program, and you know, that 12-step program really helped me out, I think. Like, you know, being honest, accepting my, my, my disease of addiction and surrendering to the fact that when I try to control my life, like, I lose control of my life. Like, I can't do it alone. But, you know... Like, I, I gained a, a contact with, with the higher power in there, which I had always known was there, but I had always felt like he had turned his back on me. But it was just like, you know, I just didn't give a fuck. But, you know, working some steps, seeing it work for people that had been in my shoes was a big help. Because, like, you know, there's people that have gone through what I've gone through. And, like, they, they are living happy lives. Like, they're drug-free. And... Just, you know, trying to do something different. Like, I had tried everything. I had tried everything except to get clean. And I never thought I was going to do it. But, you know, I wound up completing the the program, being a residential aide, completing that. I was on an internship for a while. And I completed that. And then they wound up hiring me. And fucking a year and three months later, I'm still clean. I'm still sober. And it's just been, like, a beautiful thing. Like, And in that time... Like, I've got my family back. I, I've repaired a lot of these damaged relationships. And, you know, there's still a lot of relationships I need to repair in my life with people that, like, maybe, like... But when the time comes, it'll come. You know what I mean? And um, I, I've made the effort, but just so much has changed in a time. And just this this bond I have with my family and my brother again. Like, for so long, me and my brother, too. Like, my brother didn't want to have anything to do with me and i remember like for my birthday my brother wrote me a card like i'm just so happy to have my brother back and the moments me you and mom spend together like i love those moments and me and mom are just so happy to have you back like all i ever wanted was my brother back and you know it's just like that i feel like that right there is what i was searching for my whole life like i wasn't really sure what it was but now i realize like that's the real like love I needed my whole life. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a lot of it too. Is like you you feel this sense of abandonment or incompletion, right? So you start to go off the fucking rails and you try to fill it with drugs or women or, and it's like you do full circle. You're like, oh, it's right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> these yeah, people yeah. have always been there for me and always had my back. <laughs> you know, so so yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So now I'm working there with them. Um, I'm working there at, at at the rehab center. You know, they've been really good to me. It was crazy because this whole virus thing hit and we're essential workers and because of the virus hitting like we all we had to stay open and we we were we were operating at a high capacity during like the fucking peak of the pandemic still taking people in off the streets and it was just like it was crazy but because we did that the state of california gave like our our um rehab center a fucking big ass like surplus of money so everyone at my rehab got a raise and they all got like a five thousand dollar bonus mm-hmm. which was amazing because that that was what was able to have me get my apartment 
and really like set a lot of uh good things in place for me yeah and it's crazy too because like the pandemic i know a lot of the meetings got canceled and it's like how many yeah. people are fucking dying and overdosing normal people are committing suicide left and right let yeah, alone yeah. some junkie that's got no place to go anything like that like fuck man yeah it's crazy and it, it's really honestly a good time to like be in a fucking place. If you're going to go to rehab right now, it's probably a good time to go because it's just fucking crazy out there right There's now. There's nothing else going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, why not put a couple months aside to get in there? So now you're doing the uh, the rapping? Yeah. So my music, so now I'm trying to get my music back off the ground. Like, I've always been rapping, but now, you know, I felt like for so long, like the rap, I needed to do it. I needed to do it. I needed to put it first because, like, it was going to be, like, my source of fucking life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I got to have something to sustain me. Like, and I realize that now, like I can't be fucking so desperate to do something, but in a shitty state of mind at the same time. But now, you know, I got a good job where I could support myself and I could do the rapping on the side and I could really like focus with a clear mind on trying to get it off the ground. So now, you know, I'm just trying to really promote that. Like I have a lot of material from my past that I could redo or re-promote. Um, I recently started working with an artist development company, um, Ghostcraft. Uh, shout out Ghostcraft. Um, they're gonna. It's an artist development company where we're gonna start trying to brand my label or brand my image, and then we're gonna do um, like a social media monetization thing, and then we're gonna record five singles which are going to be mixed, mastered, and set to radio industry standard. And then they are going to try to pitch that stuff to TV, like film and video games, to try to get some sort of placement so I can make some sort of revenue first. And then they'll they'll pitch that stuff to um, some record labels. So that's pretty cool. And, and it's not free, of course. I had to pay for that. But still, the fact that I'm able to pay for that is just like a big thing. Because like, you know, I'd never been able to pay for shit before. Other than when I was selling drugs, which didn't last very long, and it was all dirty money. But now I could actually put the money I'm working for into something like that I love doing and I'm mm-hmm. passionate about. You know? Yeah, and I was gonna say too, like I've talked shit about you rapping and <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> and I've talked shit, you know, because I was in my twenties and I'm an asshole. But um, you know, when you start to get older and you see people still kind of doing those things, and you're like, oh man, this is your passion. Yeah. Like fucking hats off to you, dude. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Keep doing what you're doing because I think one of the saddest things is you know I talked to some of my friends and they just like the thought of them doing something crazy or, you know, following a dream is so shot out and dead and buried. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, man, try. Like, yeah. what, what happens if you try and you don't feel like, who cares? Like, you like to do it, right? Like, let's do it. No, yeah. no, nah, nah, fuck it, fuck it, forget it. It's like, dude, what the, yeah, f- when yeah. did we, when did we lose so much hope? And <laughs> yeah, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, um, you know, uh, I had my buddy today, and he was talking to me about doing this uh, this workout thing on YouTube and meal prepping, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, why not? Yeah. You know, it's it, instead of before, I probably would be like, nah, it doesn't sound like it's going to make a million dollars. But right now, I'm like, what else am I doing? Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's try it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, so it's good. I'm glad you're still doing it. And uh, Where could they find your music at? Oh, yeah. So if you want to hear my music, you could check it out at www.soundcloud.com forward slash more down, M-O-R-E-D-O-W-N, one word. Um, I'm also on Spotify as Mighty Mo dash more down. Um, I got one record up there right now. And um, YouTube, the YouTube's not really popping. I got to work on the YouTube. 
You can also follow me on Instagram at moredown13. So. And then we'll, uh, you know, send me a couple of uh, songs, whatever you want. I'll put them on there on stories and promote it and stuff like that. That way people can check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I'm glad you're fucking sober. <laughs> yeah, me too, dude. I, I don't know how many times you'd call me and I would just be like, this fucker's going to die. <laughs> yeah, thing, things are things are a lot different. And, and you know, like, I'm just happy that, like, I get a second chance because not a lot of people make it. No, the yeah. fact that you went into the rehab after walking out of it, one of our buddies... Um, you know, he walked out of a rehab and he OD'd at Skid Row on a bench. Yeah. You know, we're, we walked by there, I think it was like three weeks ago. We went by and like, that's where he OD'd. And I was like, so fucking sad, dude. I was like, how? Because yeah. now at the time, I was just drinking and I was like, what's the big deal about that? Or seeing you on your hair and I'm like, that's fucked up. This guy's really in a tough spot. Little do I know I'm killing myself. <laughs> I've yeah. already OD'd a couple times. And I'm like, <laughs> man, Andrew's in a bad place. <laughs> this little OD'd over here, but it's like. I do the same thing just in different ways, you know, and you don't, you don't realize it. Cause you're like, a lot of times we compare like, Oh, he's doing this. Like I don't do that, but it's like, you're still doing this and doing that, you yeah, know, yeah. and adding up. And it's like, as I said too, it's like one of those things where we gotta, you know, keep fucking trying to be better, man, as you get older. And it sucks to see so many people just give up on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For and like, sure. and what really caught my attention too, is when you're talking about how you went into prison and you sort of got a sense of hopelessness. And I, and I was going to ask you, I was like, is that the, the pattern you start to see of like, I, I can't get out of this cycle, right? Like you're going in, you, you build up and you tear it down. You build up, you tear it down. Yeah. It's just like, do I want to go through that again? Because it's like you get so hyped and you feel so good and then you rip it down even lower than you were. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, just like, for sure. sense of hopelessness is so fucked. Yeah, now it's good that I could actually like, ha- I, I now I actually have a foundation, like a solid foundation where I know like, Okay, but it's all because I'm clean, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I'm not ri- I'm not putting myself in risky situations. Like I realized like me on my own, like you know, I, me personally and it's different with everyone. I got to constantly ask m- my higher power or God or Allah or whatever you want to call it. Just I know that there's something in this universe that is bigger than just us, you know what I mean? Yeah. In in my belief. And I got to constantly ask it for strength and direction. Because without, like, this conscious contact, like, I, j- I just become a weapon. And, like, I'm a weapon and I destroy the- my life and I destroy the life of those around me and I destroy shit. But, like, w- once I'm able to, like, plug in and ask for help and be humble enough to say, like, I need help. Give me some direction and take some direction. Like, I learned how to turn this weaponized person I've been my whole life into, like, a tool and I could build instead of just destroy and you know, it, it it took me a long time to come to a realization, but I, I'm just glad it's finally happened, and things are going good right now. Yeah. How do you um? What was I gonna say? How do you deal with? Obviously, when you're younger and you're involved in gangs and stuff like that, you have like a sense of like, it's pretty much hate turned outwards, right? Like you you hate yourself, but you turn it to other people. <laughs> yeah. Are you better at that now? Well, yeah, and I feel like a lot of it was 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 fear too. Like I wanted yeah, hmm. I wanted to be cool. Like, and I wanted to, like, people to respect me because I was afraid they wouldn't for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It yeah. was, like, some misplaced fear. Like, I didn't need to be cool. I didn't need to, like, try to hurt people. I didn't really want to hurt people or I didn't want to, like, cause no problems. But I felt like I needed to act like I did or I had to act tough to be cool. And, and like, you know, my my, like, I'm... Like, you know, I've I've gone through some rough shit in my life that I've put myself in. I've put myself in every situation I've been in. But, you know, I'm proud of... I'm proud of who I am 
and like I'm proud of I am maybe not so proud of all the things I've done but I, I don't reg- I definitely don't regret it mm-hmm. so like everything I've been a part of like like I I still I still got mad love for it like maybe I can't be a part of it like I was at one point in time but I, I still definitely got mad love for it like you know all all the old homies and our childhood friends like I got mad love for them like and I care for everybody now it's just like I'm just I'm just trying to be me. I remember there was a point in time too where people would they honestly thought like with the music they thought I was going to make it. They're like, "Dude, you got to make it. Like, you got to make it to get all of us out of here." Mm-hmm. But the drugs were such a big part of my life that they were more important than anything else, so I kind of fucked off opportunities. Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. um you know, now it's just like I've I've come to work on myself where it's just like I just need to focus on me. And I need to care about how I think about myself, not necessarily how other people think about me. That was what's driving me for so long, like what I thought other people thought about me, not necessarily what I was thinking about myself. Yeah. And the things I was doing to gain other people's approval was making me think worse about myself. So now I'm thinking like, oh, I'm a piece of shit even more and more. Right. But I'm doing it more and more because I'm trying to get other people's approval and it was just fucking me up even more. Yeah. So, So now it's just like I need to do things that I know are right. Are, and are good and are loving and in in turn like i feel better about myself and if there's some people that look at me and say like oh whatever they want to think whatever about me well fuck it it doesn't matter like i know in my heart like i'm doing i'm i'm coming from a place of love and not coming from a place of hate or fear you know what i mean yeah i mean when i told when i posted something about you after you did a year i was like i'm proud of this motherfucker like people that uh, like a lot of friends we grew up with um um you know, they hit me up and they're like, "How? What's what's up with them?" And I was like, "Oh, he's got like no fucking way." Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those things where like, there's no way. And you know, people will see me out and doing stuff, and I'm just sober. And people are like, "There's no fucking way this guy's sober." Yeah, <laughs> you know. But it's like, yeah, it's 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 cool to see that, and and also too, because we always kept in touch. Yeah, you know, you'd call me and or whatever if I could be around or, or help you out, I would like that kind of thing. But. um it's like crazy. We pretty much separated, but we went on the same path. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh yeah, I did that too. Oh, you went here, yeah. So it's, it's good to see you back, man. I'm glad to see you're, uh, you're doing well. And yeah, for sure. Hopefully, a lot of our, our old school friends will catch up on this too and, and kind of see that you're doing good too. You know? Yeah. Because I think sure. a lot of people have asked me over the years how you're doing. So I'm glad we can get on and talk about that shit. Yeah, for sure. All right, brother. Well, um, I'm gonna post this and I'll let you guys know where you could follow him. Till then, thanks, Andrew. Uh, stay Thank safe. Thanks for having me. And yeah. peace out, guys. Later. Sure.